they have the internet on computers now. You're here to see technology at its most advanced. Start up. I'm up for it. Every Wednesday for the last couple of years, or about that, I've been talking technology with you on a Wednesday, but I've had some very, very good talent with me to drive it through. Ariel Bogle and Johnny Lou from Mashable. Johnny, it's our last one. I know. It's a little sad, isn't it? I know. It's, I was thinking, I was like, oh, this is the only day I, I get to work early. <laughs> I should have said that out loud. Well, good. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could facilitate that for you, Johnny. We've spoken about so much this year. It's been a big world, I mean, a big year for the tech world. Of course. And a big, big year for different apps and a lot of controversy that they've caused in a way. Yes. Particularly Uber, who yes. have uh, majorly, who've kind of like asserted their little, asserted a dominance in the market. A little dominance? A dominance. Like the their dominance over uh, not only Sydney's market, but just different places around the world. And it came to Sydney three years ago. It sought to disrupt the taxi industry. But now it seems that there's a new rival in town. Who is it, Johnny? Yeah, so it's an Estonian ride-sharing ride sharing company called Taxify. Uh, they launched in Sydney yesterday. Um, they're already in 20 different countries uh, targeting places where there's a ride-sharing monopoly, as they say. Uh, so far, they've signed about signed up about 4,000 drivers, which is wow. not, probably a drop in the ocean compared to what Uber has currently. Uh, but I guess they're already on their way there. So already in 20 other countries. I've actually never heard of this. No. How is Taxify different to Uber? Right. So firstly, uh, at the moment, Taxify have only one service and it's pretty much your standard UberX or the one you might catch normally. It doesn't have bigger cars or luxury cars, for instance. Uh, I don't know who actually catches those. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I guess for passengers, what they might like about Taxify is that it caps um, surge pricing at one5 times the normal cost. So, uh, you know, oh. if you've ever been out, you know, late at night, for instance, or been in a, uh, at a major event, you know, that's really annoying when you go like, oh crap, I've got to pay like double the cost for an Uber, I might as well just get a normal taxi. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and w- instead of an algorithm that automates uh, the surge pricing, Taxifier uses a human to control it all. Um, and But that, that's only on regular days though. So the company's hoping, well, the company seems to leave it open that... Um, It'll raise that that surge price even higher when it comes to things like public holidays and special events. So um, yeah, but the biggest difference for drivers is that Taxify actually takes a lower commission. So uh, you guys might not know, but Uber actually takes a cut of about twenty five to thirty percent um, on each fares from drivers, um, and Taxify is only taking about fifteen percent. So it's like around half. But um, yeah, and that's gonna and that in turn will hopefully bring the the cost of um, fares down. But um, yeah, I guess who knows? Yeah, right. And I guess I do want to dive a little bit more into the automated surge. Yeah. How do how do I've never really thought about this? How do Uber know? Yeah. So I guess so they've got an algorithm there to figure out demand and supply. So the oh. amount of cars there on the road uh, versus uh, the amount of people requesting Ubers, or if you've opened your Uber app, they're like, okay, maybe they're looking for an Uber. That's like that's demand right there. Uh, we don't know what exactly is part of the algorithm. There is uh, a really interesting. I'll, I'll send you a link later. There's a really interesting New York Times article that looks into how um, surge and like demand and th- their supply supply algorithm works, mm-hmm. um, but um, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a mystery still to me. And when they say human control, does that mean there's going to be someone? So I'm just going to cl- yeah, it's, it's <laughs> going to click a button, and I'm be like, just wait. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> click the button, and I I am the human. So, 
what's the, what's the reaction been like to Taxify so far? Has it been overly positive when you've just mentioned, you know, it takes a lower commission? Yeah. Because we do know there has been some controversy surrounding this with Uber. Yeah, look... Um I guess, yeah, with Uber, the commission thing is probably like a, a, a bit of an annoying tidbit, but also as well, um, I guess one one of the things that people are reacting to about Taxify is that it's probably the first like strong competitor to Uber, um, like actually ever, probably in Sydney. Um, GoCatch is uh, another competitor, um, and they've been actually around before um, Uber launched here in Australia. They're actually an Australian company, and they've got their own version called GoCar. Um, but GoCar serious, so far hasn't really made much of a serious dent in Uber's dominance. Mm. Um, Uber's worth something like $50 billion now. 50 US billion, so like what? Like 75, 80 billion. Uh, and it's not shy about smashing its competition. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, it's with Uber at least. Um, there's been, uh, we've talked about it over the past year, there's been controversies over um, its culture and also um, problems with, uh, you know, like, its data being hacked and whatnot. Mm. Um, so these might be factors why... Uh, th- these are really, like, very niche factors as to why people might turn away from Uber, mm-hmm. for instance. It might be for me, for instance. But, um, yeah, it's, it's. I guess it's an alternative at least. Yeah. yeah. And and have there been any instances overseas where a big rival has come through and it's shaken yeah. up Uber in a way? Yeah. So um, Uber's biggest rival in America is Lyft. Um, and there were rumours at one point last year that it would come to Australia, but so far hasn't materialised. So far, only Lyft has only uh, come to Toronto in Canada. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess overall, uh, this is not actually good news at all for the taxi industry. Um, you know, we've seen the news that... Um, They'll be compensated by the government due to the onset ride-sharing um, through additional levies. So next year you'll be paying an additional um, dollar, for instance, and in uh, Victoria it's an additional two dollars each ride. Yeah, each yeah, ride. Right. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of disruption happening. Um, in this case with Taxify, it's a, it's a dis- another disruptor disrupting the <laughs> disruptor, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah because yeah. they've already asserted their their dominance in a way. It's yeah. just, yeah, I was having a conversation with my housemate about this. It's just, you know, I, I, I've seen the stories about, you know, how this has shaken up the taxi industry. And mm-hmm. also, I had no idea that they had to pay that huge sum of money to get the license to be able to operate. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and so obviously the value of those have, have completely crashed Yeah, but it's well. just, you know, I can connect my PayPal to it. I don't have to have cash on me. I, I won't get a talking to if I'm paying by FPOS. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just easier. Capitalism, huh? <laughs> Gotta love it. Right here on Startup. <laughs> Johnny Lou joins me in the studio. If you want to check out this story, as always, we do have links for you at fbiradio.com slash programs if you click on Up For It. Now, Johnny, I don't know about you, but sometimes we hear a track on the radio or in the car or, gosh, in the club, and we turn to an app. A lot of people have it. It's called Shazam, and they've been in the news this week as they've taken on a little bit or someone else has taken them on, in a sense. Yeah, it's probably one of the biggest tech companies in the world. Apple uh, have bought them up for uh, four, for $400 million reportedly. They haven't confirmed the number. Um, and there's already been a long-standing partnership between Apple and Shazam. So, you know, if you use Siri on your iPhone, for instance, and ask what song is playing now, it already uses Shazam to identify it. Mm. And when you, you know, find a song in Shazam, it's already linked to Apple Music. As If, you've, if you try and hit play, for instance, or, you know, there's also YouTube as well. Why do you think Apple want to take this on board? Look, Apple haven't actually said exactly what they're going to do with Shazam as mm. yet. Um, 
I guess it's one of it is one of the most popular and I guess uh, highly rated apps that you can get out at the moment. Um, and it kind of for, f- follows their whole foray into music te- technology. Um, they bought Beats by Dr. Dre in 2014. Mm. And then the rights to Carpool Karaoke with James Corden and a few. Oh, did they? It, I they didn't did. Know that. They yeah, did. Right. Yeah, it's on. Uh, I'm not. I'm not a shill for Apple, but it's like it's on Apple Music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so you've probably seen um, ads on Shazam too, but it's not a particularly profitable app, at least. But um, there's been actually a lot of discussion um, as to Apple buying its Shazam for its data, and data is kind of the new the new goldmine now. What data would they want? Well, obviously, when you use Shazam, it's because you're interested in the song you're listening to, and that's a good positive um, bit of you know feedback that mm. a, a company could ever receive. Um, what Shazam can also tell uh, Apple is when you're listening, you know, when you're listening to a song and and where, for instance. So uh, it might be able to market that song a bit better. Can share that information to like labels and musicians. Um, could even potentially help them find um, identify quick uh, quicker what song is a hit. So, um, especially when we listen to a song for the ra- on the radio for the first time, and you know all these people are saying it, they're like, oh, okay, well maybe people are. Uh, are, are really into this song. Um, so it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do with Shazam. Um, yeah, but of course, expect Apple to really use it to their advantage somehow and really mine that data to, to sell you more stuff. Absolutely. And is it Spotify that is... So once you get the Shazam track, does it direct to Spotify? No, it directs to Apple Music. So it um, has been for a little while now. So, yeah, yeah it directs to Apple Music um, and also shows YouTube links. Um Maybe like down the line, like this. This is all pure speculation. Pure speculation. It might only direct to Apple Music, for instance, because it's like within their best interests. Um, there's even talk that, like, you know, oh, you know, maybe it won't be available for Android, but that doesn't really make sense because, like, that's you know, hundreds of millions of users yeah. that they'll probably lose. So, um, it's a big question mark. But um, yeah, I, I, I would hedge my bets on them trying to use that data to to, yeah, as again, sell you more stuff. That's <laughs> it. And how how have people kind of reacted to this, to like yeah, another, another big company taking on board? Yeah, it's a bit big... of a worry, yeah. yeah. So um, I guess we're, when big companies take over smaller ones, they, there's a fear that they're going to change the product fundamentally. It might be harder to find certain songs or like you can only find, I was reading one of the comments like, oh my gosh, they're only going to like you know, find songs that are only available on iTunes, which I don't think will be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that industry reaction was like, uh, maybe, you know, they could have sold for a higher price, for instance, as in Shazam could have sold themselves for a higher price about, I think, like a year or two ago. They are worth a billion uh, US dollars. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how we go down the track. Maybe I should go as Shazam for the Christmas party. And then, well, it's not really obsolete, is it? No, no, it kind of is. Vine, Vine, Vine. Oh yeah, R.I.P. Vine. That's yeah, probably, yeah. Another cool. huge tech story. From I know. The, yeah, last two years. I know. Now, now you're making me think. Gonna... I'm like, now I should have done like the, the best uh, death into like tech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things that don't exist anymore. Gosh. Ah, oh, thanks. No joking. No worries at all. But see, even that Nokia's back. All all different tech products are back. Yeah. And we've seen it all unfold this oh, year. I should have gotten you on Nokia. Anyway, oh, you yeah, should have. Uh, thirty-three ten. Thirty-three ten. No, a parting gift. A parting gift. Mm. <laughs> I've been seeing. I've been seeing it on sale. Have you? I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Are we? 
I'm I'm not affiliated with any products. Oh, you are not. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> this name drops so many. Sponsoring FBI Radio, they're not. But Johnny, thank you thank so, you so, so much, Lucy. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, you're going to do so many great things after this. Uh, going to keep hearing your voice somewhere at some potential other station. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe your voice will change. Maybe. I know. Yeah, Maybe hey, become, guys. <laughs> hey, guys. Yeah. Or like some deep husk. Johnny, thank you so much for coming in. For startup as well. You've taught me so much about the tech world and the tech industry and given me so many conversation starters. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. You've taught us so much and it's been a real pleasure getting you in here every Wednesday. And also a huge thank you to Ariel Bogle. Of course. Um, who also was from Mashable at the time. You guys are doing great things. And you can check out every episode from the last year at fbiradio.com slash podcast. Click on Startup and it is all there for you. Johnny, I'll see you around. Bye. Bye. This was produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. fbiradio.com.